You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. I'm preaching on a merry heart in evil days. When you read those words, all the days of the afflicted are evil. Oh man, isn't it true that our days are often filled with affliction? And uh, I think a big reason why the younger generations, and I include myself in that, uh, are so upset all the time is because we were raised in this sugary, flowery society where nobody really took the time to teach that life isn't fair. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, don't have, I don't have time for an 18-year-old boy who needs a therapy puppy at school to study when 18-year-old boys in the 40s, in 1940s, were storming the beaches at Normandy. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't have time for people who complain that their Wi-Fi is too slow uh, when boys our age and young ladies our age were giving up their careers and their lives to fight for freedom. Uh, I, I think we're so spoiled today. And, uh, but, but we're raised in this society where I, everyone's, everyone's special, right? Everyone's special. And uh, you get participation trophies. And see, the older people are, are, are laughing because you didn't get participation trophies. We get participation trophies. Uh, you have a voice. Everybody has a voice. You can go on social media. You can go on Instagram. You can do lives and all this stuff. And, and people will watch and like and double tap and all these things. I mean, you have a voice. And if you can dream it, you can do it, right? That's what we're taught growing up. And then we get into the real world. And we realize, no, not everybody is special. I'm sorry. And by the way, when everybody's special, no, that means nobody's special. But no, not everybody is special. And there's no winning without hard work. My dad and my basketball coach told me, you know what second place is? Brother Luke, what is it? First loser. I didn't want second place. I worked hard for first place. I didn't bring silver polish. I wanted gold polish. I wanted first place. If we didn't get first place, there was one tournament in, in high school where we fought our way through the loser's bracket, got all the way to the championship game, and then got creamed. Oh, but you left it all out in the court, so I'm sure you had no regrets. I had regrets. I wanted first place. I didn't want second place. Yes, you have a voice, but you quickly learn that just because we have a voice doesn't mean that everybody's going to listen. And suddenly it's unfair because nobody listens, right? Um, and life isn't a dream world. Life isn't perfect. In fact, what the Bible says, that all the days of the afflicted are evil. I remember working at J.P. Morgan Chase. That was like my first real job, I'll say. And uh, what was I doing? I was a telemarketer. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, was, I was in a cubicle, you know, calling and, and all that stuff. But uh, every now and then, we would get an email to our, our uh, work email, and we would be able to hear a speech or something from our CEO. And if you know anything about economics, Jamie Dimon is the, is the CEO of JPMorgan Chase. 
and uh, they were doing a question and answer with Jamie Dimon. I mean, just an incredible businessman, you know, Harvard MBA and all those different things. And somebody asked him, uh, Mr. Diamond, if, if I wanted your job one day, what tricks are there? What tricks are there to have your job one day? And he kind of chuckled and he just said, okay, there are no tricks, just work hard. And you don't want my job. <laughs> and isn't that so true? I mean, people, oh, oh you know, I'm going to sit in Starbucks and, and quit my job and sell things on Amazon and I'm going to be a millionaire one day, right? Uh, no, that's not the way it works. Uh, another person, in fact, my preacher growing up, one time somebody asked him, like, what's the best advice that you could give about life? He's like, there's something you need to remember about life. You're born, it's hard, and then you die. Now, look, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. All right, I am just stating the fact that, that living life, life in this sinful, fallen world is filled with affliction and evil. There's no getting around that. Jesus said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What is he saying? Every day is going to bring its own set of problems. So don't think about tomorrow. <laughs> Take no thought for tomorrow. Why don't you just worry about today? Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're all looking at me, and we probably lost everybody on live stream, but you're all looking at me like, thanks, pastor. You've made my day. <laughs> I really appreciate it. What did you learn at church today? Life is terrible. That's what I learned today. No, no, no. Stay with me. So this verse does call forward the fact that there is affliction in this world, and evil is the cause of the affliction of that world, but, uh, 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 of the world. But then the verse ends with these words, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. So isn't it true that this life is filled with affliction and evil? Yes, but isn't it also true that some of the most happy people you have ever met are the ones that are enduring the hardest of times? Could you give testimony to that? That some of the, the happiest people, the ones who are always smiling, the ones who are always looking at the bright side of things are the ones who you have no idea what they're going through. And when you figure it out, you say, I had no idea. Some of the ladies in this room right here, some of the ladies in this room, precious ladies in this room, they are always smiling. They're never complaining. And if you knew the health issues that they were dealing with, if you knew the, just all the things that were on their plate, you would wonder, how are they smiling all the time? How are, they, how are they so happy all the time? There are gentlemen in this room, you are dealing with things right now that not a lot of people know about, and yet you're smiling, and you're, looking, and you're just looking up. It's just an incredible thing. I remember working at Eldrin Country Club, I was a caddy, and there was a, there was a member there, and the member's name, I, I shouldn't give his whole name, I'll just give you his, his last name. His last name was Divine. But he was not divine, trust me. Uh, he, was, he was rich, rich as can be. I mean, Maseratis and Bentleys, you know, and all these things. And he would pull up, and he was constantly miserable. And he always wanted to have a caddy with him, and he would treat the caddy like junk. And he would barely tip him anything. You know, he would pull up to the valet with his beautiful sports car and get out. You know, hello, Mr. Divine, how are you doing? Uh, I mean, he was just miserable all the time. The guy had millions and millions and millions of dollars. 
And I remember one time I had to go out and I had to do a four caddy shift, which is basically you went out to a certain part of the fairway and you had a walkie talkie and you were calling back to the tee box because it was a certain fairway where it was really easy to lose people's drives. I mean, you know it when you play golf, they never cut the grass where you hit the ball. All right, so we were watching where all the balls went. And here came Mr. Divine walking down with his millions of dollars and his head kind of hung down and here's this caddy next to him. And everybody knew this caddy. This was his first job. I think his name was Jake or something, uh, Jake or James, uh, something like that. Came from just a horrible background, just really poor as can be. And here's Mr. Divine walking down the fairway looking miserable. And here's the caddy making maybe seven or eight dollars an hour. And he's whistling and happy and kind of like skipping along because he has a job. Isn't that how it is? Goodness gracious, why, why are we so sad all the time? Why can't we just have a merry heart? So one of the truths this verse is teaching us is that even though we may not be able to remove the evil and affliction from our days, we can still have a merry heart. You can't control your circumstances, but you can control your attitude towards them. Somebody put it this way, it doesn't matter your position, what matters is your disposition. The reality of life just kind of is what it is. Right now, what's the reality of life? It's difficult. It's difficult, it's unknown, it's fearful, and it just kind of is what it is. But how will we react? How will we react to that reality? And what verses 16 and 17 are going to teach us in this chapter is it's all a matter of having the right perspective. That's what my message is, having the right perspective. Now, some of us in this room are naturally optimistic. Go ahead, raise your hand. You are naturally optimistic. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. How many of you, you are naturally pessimistic? Okay. Now, Brother Hibbets, I remember what you said. One time we were talking about optimism and pessimism. And I think somebody asked, what is an optimist? And, and they said, uh, an optimist is somebody that's, that sees the good in everything. And then I said, Brother Hibbets, what's a pessimist? And you said, it's an optimist with experience. <laughs> right? <laughs> So some are naturally optimistic and some are naturally pessimistic. So a pessimist says, I'm losing my hair. An optimist says, I'd rather have a bald head than no head at all, right? Uh, an optimist says, these are the best of times. <laughs> all right, easy. <laughs> an, op an optimist says, these are the best of times. And a pessimist says, well, I'm afraid that's true. An optimist one time was walking through the grocery store and he saw somebody buying flowers and he said, oh, look at those beautiful flowers. And the pessimist next to him said, I wonder who died. An optimist says, is that opportunity knocking? The pessimist says, who's making all that noise? An optimist says, pessimists are often so miserable and a pessimist says, optimists are often so disappointed. I've told this joke before, but there is an optimist who wanted to reach his pessimist friend and he found this dog that could run on water. Just an incredible thing. And he grabs his optimist friend and takes him out to the lake. He says, I want you to watch this. You're not going to be a pessimist after this. And he takes a Frisbee and he throws it over the water. And the dog just skips across the water, jumps up, grabs the Frisbee, comes all the way back. And the pessimist says, what a shame. That dog can't even swim. <laughs> now, say what you will about either. Say what you will about either. God did not create us to be miserable. 
on the other hand, God did not create us to ignore reality. We need to have the right perspective, and the truth is that both optimists and pessimists can have the wrong perspective. I'll put it this way. God did not create us to look at the glass half empty. God did not create us to look at the glass half full. God created us to look to him. That's the right perspective. That is what brings a merry heart. Now let's look in verse 16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. So what does the fear of the Lord mean? Is it talking about being afraid of God? Is it talking about being terrified or horrified? No, it's not. It's talking about reverence. So if you were to say the opposite of fear as in terror, what is the opposite of fear as in being terrified of something? Being calm, being confident. That's the opposite of fear in that way. What is the opposite of fear in this verse? The opposite of fear, in, as in this verse, is indifference. We are to reverence. We are to stand in awe. We are to see God in all that we do. That is fearing the Lord. To not fear the Lord would be to be indifferent to the Lord. So ask an optimist. Would you rather see much in this life or little in this life? And what is the optimist going to say? I'd rather see much in this life, and I believe it's going to happen. Ask a pessimist. Would you rather see much or little in this life? What is the pessimist going to say? I'd rather see much in this life, but I don't believe it's going to happen. The right perspective is I don't care if I see little in this life. I don't care if I see much in this life. I care that I see God in this life. And if having little keeps my eyes on the Lord, then it's much better to have little. I would rather have a little in this world than much and take my eyes off the Lord because that only brings trouble. What does Jesus say? What shall it profit? What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? So we could stand here this morning and say, I have little health. It's better to have a little health with the fear of the Lord than to have great health and take our eyes off of him. I have little money. It's better to have little money with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and forget the Lord. I have a little ministry. It's better to have a little ministry with the fear of the Lord than a large ministry and forget the Lord. I have little support from my friends and family. It's better to have little support with the fear of the Lord than great support and forget the Lord. Now I know what you're thinking. Why can't we have much and fear the Lord? If we're honest with ourselves, when we have much, we often lose sight of the Lord. It happened to Lot. It happened to Saul. And before we say, well, I hope we're better men than Lot and Saul, it happened to David. It happened to Solomon. It happened to all the Israelites when they came into the promised land. Uh, The Bible says in, in Hosea, they were filled and their heart was exalted, therefore have they forgotten me. Evil days help me fear the Lord. They help us reverence him. They help us seek him. More possessions and more health and more wealth and more popularity wouldn't make the days any less evil. 
Now, sure, it would be nice if the days weren't so evil. It would be nice to have much. But if having little in this life also brings fear of the Lord, then it's a lot better to have little. And the truth is, more of anything of this world can never bring a merry heart. Only God can bring a merry heart. You know why? Because when you fear the Lord, when you reverence him, when you see him for who he is, do you know what you see? You see how much he loves you. When you truly look at the Lord, you see how much he loves you. That song says, I'm so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see, but this is the dearest, that Jesus loves me. Look in verse 17. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Now, back when I taught the uh, teen Sunday school, let me see if I can get taught the teen Sunday school, I would uh, often ask them, I would interview them with either or questions, okay? So, boys, you know what to do, right? Okay? Coca-Cola or Pepsi? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Coke. Coca-Cola. Coke. Coke. Really? All, how many of you are Pepsi fans? Anybody? One person. Two people. Okay. Oh, mom and daughter. That's great. That's great. Okay. Um... Mexican food or Chinese food? Mexican. 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 Come on! <laughs> I was expecting a variety here. You're all lemmings. Any Chinese? Chinese food? My brothers and sisters. Okay. Now, I know this one. And watch, this is the one where I'm going to be wrong. I know this one. Salad or steak? Steak. 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 Yeah. Okay. If you would have said salad, I would have killed Goodness. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. What is hatred talking about? Intense dislike. Now, could this love and hatred be talking about our relationship between uh, our fellow man, certainly, certainly it could. Gentlemen, would you rather have a salad with somebody you love or a steak with someone you hate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, oh, how about this? How about this? Would you rather have a salad and have your wife on the other side of the table looking back at you in love or have a steak and your wife on the other side of the table looking back at you with hatred? Happy wife, happy life. I will eat salad greens for the rest of my life if it meant having my wife look back at me in love. But more than this, right, more than this, I believe this verse is talking about our relationship with God. It is better to have a dinner of herbs where love is than to have a stalled ox and hatred therewith. To have a stalled ox back in Bible days, I mean, that was the epitome. That's like your Christmas roast. That's like your... your your turkey, you know, that you would bring out with, with all the trimmings. I mean, you, what, what did uh, Jesus say in uh, the parable of the prodigal son? When the prodigal son comes back and he wants to throw a big celebration, he says, go and bring the fatted calf. Okay, that's what he's talking about. That stalled ox just sits there and gets big so that you can eat it one day. Uh, I know I'm making you hungry, so let's move on. But... Have you noticed some of the wealthiest people 
who fare sumptuously every day, hate their lives. There's so much hate in their lives. Their families are broken. Their lives are shallow. Their fame is fleeting, and they know that. They constantly have to do something more to get more attention. Their spirit is heavy because they know there has to be more to life than a stalled ox. There has to be more to life than that. They have more than heart could wish, but there's hatred therewith. Now, that is not to say that it's wrong to have money, but you rarely find somebody who has money. It's usually the money that has them. The Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. You cannot serve God and mammon. Why? The Bible says, for he will either hate the one and love the other. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. And do we wonder why? Do we wonder why? Think of the majority of those who have riches. And then I want you to think of Proverbs chapter 6, where the Bible says there are six things that the Lord hates. Yea, seven are an abomination unto them. The majority of people who have riches, they walk around in pride. You know what God says in Proverbs 6? I hate a proud look. They have to tell everybody that their life is perfect when it's not. God says, I hate a lying tongue. They often have to climb over others to get where they are. He says, I hate hands that shed innocent blood. They're constantly scheming on how to have more. You know how much money a man needs? A little more. And God says, I hate a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. They do whatever they can to be happy. God says, I hate feet that are swift and running to mischief. When you think about it, many of the people in this world who have the most in this world actually have the least because they're so distracted by the cares of this life that they completely miss how much God loves them. We have a lot of Marthas in this life. We need some more Marys. We have a lot of Marthas that are cumbered about with much serving, doing things that are, yes, that are important, that you need to do in order to make it through life. But there's a lot of people who miss the one thing that is needful and Mary chose that good part, and it was not taken away from her. Sure, it would be nice if the days weren't so evil. It would be nice if life didn't carry so much affliction. But on a lot of days, and in many different ways, we go up, we go up to the buffet of life, and you know what's on the menu? Salad, and not steak. A lot of days, in a lot of different ways, salad's on the menu and not steak. The optimist says, one day I'll have steak. The pessimist says, it'll probably be overcooked. God says, get the right perspective and say, it doesn't matter what I have. What matters is that God has me. Let that sink in. Let happen what may in this world. Everything can be taken away from you. Everyone can turn their back on you. But God, let me keep the fear of the Lord. Let me have the love of the Lord. And everything will be okay. That is the right perspective. And it's a perspective that's easy to lose during times like this. But it doesn't matter how evil the days get. It doesn't matter how much affliction may come. We may have little, but it's better to have little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Life's menu may be serving nothing but salad, but I'll tell you, it's better to have a dinner of herbs where love is 
than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. And we can keep a merry heart by keeping our eyes on God. And he that hath a merry heart hath a continual feast. No matter how little is served, and no matter what is served. There's a story of a man named Mephibosheth. Kazoon tight, I know. Mephibosheth. Do you remember the story of Mephibosheth? It's a pitiful story where he was of the family of King Saul. And during a time of battle, when he was a young boy, his caretaker lifted him up and started running away. And the caretaker lost its balance and fell, dropped Mephibosheth, and Mephibosheth became paralyzed. David becomes king. He takes over after Saul. And David at one point remembers a promise, a covenant that he had made with Jonathan. Jonathan said, when you become king, I want you to take care of my family. And so David asks one of his men, says, is there anybody left in the house of Saul that I could show the kindness of the Lord to? And the man says, there's one. His name is Mephibosheth. He lives far away in a place called Lodabar. He can't take care of himself. He has a, he has a servant whose name is Ziba, but Ziba really has to take care of everything. Mephibosheth can't take care of himself because of his, his um, he's paralyzed. And David calls in Mephibosheth and he says, Mephibosheth, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take all of Saul's property in the kingdom and I'm dividing it between you and Ziba. But I want you to stay in the palace and I want you to eat at my table for the rest of your life. I don't want you to worry about food. I don't want you to worry about provision and where you're going to live. You're going to live with me and I'm going to take care of you. What an incredible picture of what Jesus did for us. Now, something happens where Absalom comes to power and David has to run. And while David runs, as he's running, Ziba comes up. And Ziba lies about Mephibosheth. And he says to David, Mephibosheth is happy about what has happened to you, that your son has taken over. He stayed behind. Well, the true thing that happens is Ziba told Mephibosheth, I'm going to go get a chariot and come back for you. Well, Ziba never did. And he left Mephibosheth behind and basically blackmailed him. So when David does get... Oh, and so David told Ziba, all of what I gave to Mephibosheth, I now give to you. If he's going to turn his back on me after all that I've done to him, I'm giving everything back to you. Now, Mephibosheth ends up presenting himself to David when David gets his kingdom back. And Mephibosheth tells David, it was a lie. Ziba lied to you. He told me that he was going to come back for me, and he didn't. I didn't want you to go. I wasn't happy what Absalom was doing. I was devastated but there is no way that I can get in touch with you. And you know what David says? David says, Mephibosheth, I give you back your portion. I had given it all to Ziba, but now split it again between the two of you. And Mephibosheth came back and he said, let him keep all of it. It means enough to me that you are back and I can be at your table. I don't need anything else. That's the right perspective. To be able to say, Lord, I don't care what's on the menu. I don't care how little I have. 
or how much I have as long as I'm eating at your table. Because you know what? When the Lord is your shepherd, you'll never want for anything. When the Lord is not your shepherd, it doesn't matter how much you have, you'll always want for something. Jesus is the only thing that can bring satisfaction to a heart. All of you could give testimony before you got saved, especially if you got saved later in life. If you, maybe you grew up in church, maybe you knew about Jesus and you knew his story, how he died on the cross and how he was buried and he rose again, but it, you never realized he did that for you. He died because of you, but more than that, he died for you. And he died so that you could find forgiveness for your sin. And you're living your life as a sheep without a shepherd. And it doesn't matter how much a sheep has. It doesn't matter how little a sheep has. If there's no shepherd, that sheep is not going to last very long. Because sheep really don't know how to defend themselves and what to do and what's best. And that's why David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want and even in the presence of my enemies, he, makes, he prepares a table before me. And if you're here this morning and you do not know that Jesus is your Savior, you can trust in him today to be your Savior. The truth is, all of us are sinners. We have all done something against God, and sin always brings separation. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No matter how hard we try, no matter how much we push, we're always going to come just a little short. And I've said this before. Many people die and go to hell with their hand on the doorknob of heaven. But they came just short. Or you miss the Lord by 18 inches because you know who he is in your head, but you don't know who he is in your heart. Knowing and believing are two very different things. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God and we can never bridge that gap. And because we cannot bridge that gap, this life is a choice of two eternities, either eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. Sin takes us to hell. But Jesus saw that. And he said, Lord, I don't want them to go to hell. Let me go. Send me. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came down and died on the cross so that you could know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die. And don't you remember? Don't you remember how difficult life was? Maybe you had a full bank account, but your heart was so empty. Maybe you had much in friends and in popularity and all that, but we're still so empty. And we put on a good show, but we had no strength left. And Jesus found us. Some of you he found right here in this room during the preaching. And he said, he's telling you the truth. Listen, listen, put your faith and trust in me. Let me save you. Some of you even recently did that in this room. 
Others, maybe you were at home, but you all came to the point where you said, Lord, there's nothing that I can do on my own. I'm trusting in you and I'm trusting in you alone. And he didn't hesitate. He didn't question. He didn't say maybe. He didn't say, I'm not in the mood for it today. He said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he came to you right where you are and picked you up out of the miry clay of sin and set your feet upon a rock and look at where you are today. Maybe you have little. Maybe you've been eating a lot of salad lately. But hey, I'd rather have little than have the fear of the Lord. I'd rather eat salad than have a steak as long as I know the Lord loves me. And the Lord loves you so much that he died for you. Would you trust in him? And Christian, if you've trusted in him, he died for you. Live for him. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.